today, this, is, this one's interesting, I think. Um, Jesus is actually going to insult our intelligence, all right? So are you ready for it? How you handle uh, Jesus insulting your intelligence is, of course, up to you. Today, if you haven't guessed it by the music, is a lesser-known Christian holiday, but it's Holy Trinity Sunday, all right? Um, which has actually been a church holiday since the 14th century. And so I was thinking about, you know, all the things that teachers have tried to do to explain the Holy Trinity. They all just kind of seem inadequate. Uh, In the end of all the creative ways to try to explain this mystery that is Trinity, they kind of just fall short, and we're left with this mystery. And so how would you feel if I began today's sermon like this, and I said, There's some really important things about God that are really important to your spiritual growth and development. Um, But I'm not going to share them with you because they just go right over your head. You you wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, You're not going to understand it. It's just going to be too complicated. Uh, What would your reaction to me be if that's the way that I started this sermon? Yeah, Frank. That's good. Yeah, Frank likes it. I'm shocked, Frank, of all people. That that's your reaction. I know your real reaction. You'll tell me later. Um, yeah, what would you do? How would you feel if that's the way I started the sermon? Anybody want to share? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people could admit it. Okay. Perfect. I totally get it, and I actually I built that in here, Frank, in a few minutes. So it's it's coming. Okay, now. If that's the way I started, I know how most people would feel, you know. But now what if Jesus started a teaching by saying something similar? How would you respond? Different? Similar? If Jesus said, I got a bunch of stuff I really want to tell you. It's really important for you. But, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to withhold that information. How would you feel? Huh? <laughs> yeah, look for somebody else. <laughs> right. Um, here's the thing. Like, obviously, I'm not going to start. Even though I said the question, I, I would never do that. That would be a little arrogant of me. We already know, like Frank said, you guys are just as smart or smarter than me. So that would be pretty foolish. Uh, but Jesus uh, actually is going to lead into today's teaching pretty much by saying those, that, that exact thing. Um, and so it's certainly true. Uh, there are dimensions, like Jeff, you know, just being honest, right? There's, there's dimensions of our life with God that we do not fully understand, right? This is just true. Um, and we may never fully understand until we're seated with Jesus at this heavenly banquet table. And so this is why many people, like, I don't know if you're one of them, but do you, ever, do you keep a running list of questions you want to ask Jesus someday? Um, like, you know, some people have lists. Like, I, you know, I got a couple. I got a couple questions. Um, and so Jesus has some things that he wants to say to us, anybody who's going to withhold some of these things because he knows that we can't handle it. Like, for me, this is difficult, right? Like, I am a perpetual information gatherer. So anyone, any Enneagram people in here, right? Dustin is, too, as a five. If you've done the Enneagram, the five and sixes, people like me and him, we're information gatherers. We just, we don't ever rest until, like, I don't think there's ever a time when you say, I have enough information on a subject matter, right? Yeah, me neither. Um, And so you want to learn everything you can about a particular subject. Now, there's certain subject matters, as Frank already mentioned, that are way above my pay grade. Like, I can admit that. And so math is one of them. So our daughter's friend, Avery, is a math major. Um, It was a couple months ago. I remember Katie and I were asking her about this third-level calculus class that she was taking. Do you remember that conversation? And she said the title of the class. (laughs) And I... 
have no idea what it was, uh, started checking out, and then she proceeded to do like a sentence or two about describing this third level calculus class. It was like she was speaking a foreign language, right? I understood absolutely nothing. Um, and so I, I can admit too that I don't like or care about or desire to know anything more about math than Scotty. You can relate to me here. I know you're good at math, though. That's the thing. So you can't relate to this, but you'll understand where I'm going. As long as I can stay ahead of the fifth graders that I tutor at Walnut Elementary, if I can do that, if I can do the math of the fifth grader, which I can, I, I can uh, barely, but I can, um, I'm fine. That's all, that's all the math I ever want or need to know. So I'm, I'm as good as I'm going to need to be. What about my knowledge of Jesus? For me, this is really different. Like, I may not care that much about math, but I care immensely about my knowledge of Jesus. And so Jesus had my attention for a long time since I was a kid. And so I've spent the better part of my life trying to learn as much as I can uh, about Jesus and then teaching other people to follow uh, the way of Jesus. Like, for information gatherers, I want to know everything. I feel like I'm ready for more. I don't want to be told that I can't handle more of the truth. And yet, this is exactly where Jesus is going to start today. So we kind of need to come to grips with that. And so as we listen for God to speak, we just remember that understanding the Trinity, I think this is important, uh, in fullness is not like answering an SAT question, right? Where we need to get the answer right before being admitted to the church. Um, it's also not an IQ test to try to weed out inferior intellects. This isn't, this isn't what, what's happening here. It's more to me like an invitation, that Jesus is inviting us into relationship with this God who is experienced as three in one. So let's listen for God to speak through word and spirit. Let's pray. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And so, God, we ask that you would give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love and strength to follow on the path that you set before us. Through Jesus Christ, amen. Here we go. Ready to be insulted. Sentence number one, John 16, 12 to 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There it is. Do you feel insulted? When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the Lord. And one of the shortest lectionary readings of the entire year. There it is. <laughs> so it's his last night. So the, I think this is probably the third or fourth consecutive week where we've been on this last night that Jesus spent with his disciples right before the Passion Weekend. He's teaching his disciples about some, some really simple things, but really things that are really hard to understand. He's trying to get across that he's leaving, that the disciples are staying, but that the Holy Spirit, this advocate, was coming so that Jesus would be present with them and us forever in all situations. And I don't know if we remember, those of us that were here last week, how well were the disciples fully capable of understanding what Jesus was talking about? Not, not, they didn't do very well, right? Um, and the reason is, is they kept getting hung up on the part about Jesus leaving. They weren't interested. And so I think that Jesus is going to surprise you like Jesus surprised me when he says that there's these essential things, things that he wants to say, but we can't handle it. The truth is, we actually don't have any idea what these many things are that Jesus wanted to tell his disciples that night um, that we're not fully capable of understanding 
all of this mystery of God that's three in one experiences Father, Son, and Spirit. We don't know what those things are, uh, but the question remains for us today, what can we understand that helps us to better enter into this mystery? For me, that, that was really the important question when I was looking at this. Because when I look at it, I see this invitation into this mysterious relationship that we call uh, the Trinity. So let's look at a few things that we can know. The disciples, we know, are about to be plunged into a very intense and very painful period. Jesus was about to leave. He's about to be taken from them in the most horrific manner possible. And there's no way for them to be fully prepared. We know that this is one of the things that Jesus was saying to them. They're not going to be fully prepared for everything that was to come. Death and resurrection that leads into the birth of God's new world. And so it was the end of a really long day with Jesus. They had eaten well. They'd had some wine. They've washed each other's feet. They've received this new commandment to love. They've been promised the advocate. All of these things have been happening. Their brains are on complete overload. It was already more than they could handle. But Jesus says that the Spirit is coming to reveal more of himself, to give them the information that they need for mission. And so John's gospel is really clear about this. John asks this question all the time, how do we know God? And John answers the same way every time. We know God when we know Jesus. And then John says the same thing. Well, how do we know Jesus? We know Jesus when we read the scriptures. And so John will give us these, you know, he talks about this all the time. He, he, they, John reveals these two incredible gifts that we've been given to know Jesus more, Scripture and the Spirit. Scripture and the Spirit, these two gifts that reveal the truth. And so to know God is to know Jesus as revealed in the Scriptures. And then the Spirit takes this and implants this truth in our hearts. And so the really simple thing in this passage, which comes out that's really clear, is that the Holy Spirit's going to remind us of everything that Jesus said and did. This is the Spirit's job. And so we weren't there, right? We weren't walking the road from Galilee to Jerusalem with these disciples, hanging on Jesus's every word. And when I think about this, it almost makes me feel like I or we are at a disadvantage. Oh, wouldn't it have been wonderful to walk that road to learn from Jesus himself? And what does Jesus say that surprised me? Every time I look at it, it surprises me. He says, no, that's not the way it really is. That we've been given gifts that even on this night, the disciples did not yet have this scripture and spirit, these two gifts that even on that night, the disciples did not yet have these two gifts. And so this is fun to think about if you want to talk about it over lunch, but scholars will often call the spirit the shy member of the Trinity. So think about that. Why is that? It's fascinating because the spirit is always pointing away from itself and pointing to Jesus. Always, always in scripture. This is what we see. And so why do we trust this spirit of truth? That's what John calls the spirit, the spirit of truth, because of the source. And so John says that the spirit's not independent, it's bound to Jesus as Jesus is to the Father. We have this picture painted of this one perfect, unified community. And so John's already said that Jesus is the truth. Now, we, now he says that the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And so in our post-resurrection history, Jesus is, and this is important, that Jesus is still speaking to us today. And that the Spirit is constantly transmitting this message, helping us, the church, to understand and reminding us of everything that Jesus has said and done. 
always and continually pointing us to Jesus. So I don't know if you can relate to this, but how are our memories? Mine's not as good as it used to be. I don't know, our younger people, these guys, are memories are probably pretty good, but mine's not that good. Like, I'll tell, take all the help I can get. You know, so I actually like this promise that the Spirit helps me uh, do something that I'm not naturally all that good at. I'm not that great at memorization anymore. And so, but I, I have this one really annoying habit. So Corinne's here. She's, she, she's going to know exactly where I'm going with this in a second. So I'm sure that she finds this annoying, I, I promise you. Um, that I have this habit of quoting Jesus at like really inopportune times. And I find it funny, but I'm not sure she always does, right? So like, you know, I usually do it pretty tongue-in-cheek. Like when they were younger, they'd be begging for something. And I would say, you know, like don't store up earthly treasures where moth and rust and thieves can come and steal. Uh, but store up your treasures in heaven. And they'd just be looking at me like, you are crazy. Um, it did not go over very well. Or when someone they disliked did something really nasty to them, and I would say, hey, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. And she just shakes her head exactly like that. <laughs> um, it's not always that helpful in the moment. you know. My personal favorite, uh, when they wanted something really bad, I would sing them Jesus' most famous number one hit, You Can't Always Get What You Want. Oh, that's the Rolling Stones. See, I told you my memory was bad, right? So, like, I admit, this is a really, this is a, this is a, totally annoying trait of mine. But what I learned when I read this passage this week is it's not really my fault. This is what Jesus, this is what John says. He says that it's the Holy Spirit who helps me remember the words of Jesus. So the Spirit is prompting me to be annoying. Okay, not totally not my fault. Now, on a serious note, right, we can, why do we trust the Spirit, the Spirit of truth? We can trust the Spirit to teach us the truth about Jesus because of the source, that the Spirit is getting this information directly from the source, directly from God. And so what I started thinking about was this. You know, the big question for me might be something like this. How open, how open to we are we to this? Uh, will we uh, ask and then listen for the Spirit to reveal this deeper, richer, and fuller understanding of who Jesus is? So this is where my mind went, right? My mind went to just the fact that in 2019, we live in an information bombardment. We cannot escape information. And so, you know, my, I'm, my brain gets maxed out. 24-hour news cycles, ever-present social media feeds, iPhone notifications that never stop. It's like, so I just had a couple examples, and these just happened in the last couple weeks. I'm sitting in my office, whatever, doing some work, and uh, I actually learned that maximum security was disqualified from the Kentucky Derby and Country House won like 30 seconds after it happened. I can't stand horse racing, right? But that's how fast I knew that information. When Ice Cube, Scott, remember when he endorsed Ty Lue for the open vacancy for the Lakers position? How long did it take us? You and I were texting about it, what, 30 seconds after it happened? Before Ice Cube could finish his tweet, probably Scott and I were talking about the fact. Um, just yesterday, I'm in my backyard, and Katie and I are trying to catch a six-foot gopher snake, this huge beast of a snake in our backyard. Um, and I found out that the Lakers had traded for Anthony Davis, um, sitting in my backyard trying to catch a six-foot snake before the notification even came on my phone. Like, that's how fast information. We're just bombarded with information. So amidst this bombardment of information, the question is, who are we listening to? This is important. Like, nothing against Cube, right? But he isn't exactly getting his intel straight from God, all right? Um, so can we distinguish truth from lies? 
can we distinguish between good information and bad information? Like, I thought about the, the you know, Facebook crisis over the 2016 election, a good example of millions of people receiving faulty information, right, from what they thought was a trustworthy source. So if we want more of the truth, then we need to ask a few tough questions. Do the scriptures have a voice? If these are the gifts we've been given, John says, scripture and spirit, do the scriptures get a voice? Do we allow the spirit to speak, or is Jesus being drowned out by other voices that are competing for our attention? And what about the contemporary issues that we face? Like, is the spirit, this is really important stuff for us today, is the spirit still trying to speak on issues that are important to us today? I just jotted down a couple that came to mind that are really big right now, racism, environmental catastrophe, economic inequality issues of injustice, immigration, a whole host of other serious problems that we are facing right now? Or is this voice, this spirit of truth being drowned out by other things? Who has our ear? This is a really important question. What source is primary? What source is trustworthy? And so Jesus is speaking in word and in spirit today, people ask, well, I don't, the voice, and this is what John is saying, that Jesus is still speaking in word and spirit today just as he spoke in the flesh. And the question for us would be, can we hear this voice? Can we hear it? And so maybe on Holy Trinity Sunday, Jesus is painting this picture, this perfect picture of the unity of God three in one. It points to the intimacy between Father, Son, and Spirit and the beauty here is that we're being invited into this perfect community. So I really like this, uh, this Bible scholar, Dale Bruner, one of my favorites. This is what he said about it. And you have to think about this a little. I probably should have put this one on the screen to look at it more. But he said, the church by Jesus' present invitation, though human not divine, now enters into this most strategic community as the modest but blessed fourth member. Just think about the richness that's in that sentence. Some really good stuff. Father, Son, and Spirit communing with the church, with us. That's, talk about a gift. And so we're filled up when we gather for worship in order to be sent back out. We talk about this at Lightshine all the time uh, in order to engage our culture in this uniquely Christ-like way. And so there was a pastor, and he said he was considering preaching this uh, sermon series on the Holy Spirit, and he wanted to share this with a colleague and get some feedback. And so he asked his, his colleague, uh, hey, what do you think about me preaching a series on the Holy Spirit? And the colleague looked at him and said, don't do it. And the guy was surprised, like, why not preach a sermon series on the Holy Spirit? And, he, the, guy, and the guy responded, he said, well, look, if you preach a series on the Holy Spirit, you're just going to end up preaching on Jesus anyway. And it's like, it's true because this is what we've learned. This is what the Spirit does. The Spirit is always pointing people to Jesus, always in Scripture. And so we've talked about God as Father, Son, and Spirit. But our discussion about the Father and the Spirit always pushes and points us and directs us right back to Jesus where it belongs. And so the Spirit is always pointing the world to Jesus, who continually points the world to God. There's a lot of pointing. You see, when you read this passage, it's like, this, you could draw the Trinity with arrows that just constantly circle because they're always pointing to each other. And so this, we have this beautiful mystery that we're being invited to, this perfect relationship that we're being welcomed into. Confusing? No doubt. Will we get it all? Probably not. 
but we are invited to enter into this relationship with the divine with trusting humility, praying that as a church we might glorify God in everything that we do. And so there's more that Jesus wants to say. We know that. But here's the thing. I think what John is saying is that Jesus will say more. Jesus will say more through Scripture and through the Spirit. Um, so may we discern and listen well. Let's pray. Gracious God, what incredible gifts.